Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84. We'll be hosting the show for you here tonight. We are in our now normal Monday night time slot here for those of you who are watching us live. So, uh, getting this info out to you nice and early. We are one full week away from PGA Championship week. So that'll be next week. And uh, before that, we've got the AT&T Byron Nelson here this week. So we will break that down here for you on the show tonight. Again, Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84 here alongside my usual co-host, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, aka Notorious. Noto, what's going on? Not much. Just uh, trying to get used to this Monday show. Um, doing the research a little early. Don't have ownership. So we're kind of flying blind a little bit but uh yeah doing good how about you and not too bad i think we're both feeling better we're both under the weather a week or two ago so uh it's nice to be uh, nice to be through that and and on the mend and uh, i didn't get a whole lot of lineup centered last week uh because of everything that was going on and i think it probably worked out for the better uh for me because there was a lot of popular players that uh that i would or maybe some not as popular but some players that i would have had exposure to last week that missed the cut by one or two shots um would have ended up with a bunch of rory so uh, glad i didn't get the old mass multi-entry in last week uh though i, I was on cameron young in the article and uh, and rory did end up finishing fifth there with a nice run on the weekend so who knows uh, but wouldn't have had as much exposure to Homa probably as I should have. And uh, really good for him to get a victory there. And uh, it was just kind of uh, the guys who steadied the ship enough. I mean, Jason Day uh, was in the driver's seat there after Friday, had a terrible round Saturday. And then Keegan Bradley couldn't get anything done on Sunday. And uh, Max Homa got it done with four consistent rounds. So uh, we saw a lot of shakeups there on the leaderboard. The course played pretty difficult over the weekend there. Uh, at uh, TPC Potomac. So uh, how was the Wells Fargo for you? 
didn't have any Max Homa, didn't have any Cam Young. So uh, nothing good for me uh, in MME or in my main lineup. Luckily, got bailed out by Showdown. Um, I keep relying on that. Uh, and eventually, that well is going to run dry. But uh, ended up being a profitable week. As far as Jason Day, man, um, didn't see that coming. And then if he would have just shot one over uh, each of the weekend rounds, he would have been in a playoff. So he was 10 under bar after Friday's round. Pretty crazy. It's, it's at least good to see him back out there. Same with Ricky Fowler. I think he finished top 25, something like that. Matthew Wolf. Um, you know, we were joking about all these guys on the Twitter spaces. Um, and everyone should join those uh, when we start doing it. We're going to do another one for the PGA Championship. But, um, yeah, just funny. We talked about all those guys, and then they all came out and played well. Yeah, it was Fowler, Wolf, and Day all up there at the top after Friday, and that's when I was like, oh, glad I didn't do 100 <laughs> entries. But uh, I guess a lot of those guys did fade a bit on the weekend. So, um, you know, you never know how things would have shaken out. Uh, but uh, it was a really strange leaderboard there after the first couple of rounds. But then we end up with Homa and Fitzpatrick and Cam Young and Keegan and Rory as your top five. And all those guys are fairly household names. So, um, you know, it's just weird how tournaments often shake out like that, particularly when courses play difficult like this one did. You know, you saw the cut line coming at even par. I mentioned it played a lot harder on the weekend. So you had, you know, 30 guys or so end up at plus four or worse, even though they made the cut. Uh, just, uh, you know, a difficult golf course and uh, one that seems to always be ready to host whenever a, a fill-in course is needed. We'll see if they eventually get it on the normal rotation. But uh, it was uh, certainly a challenge for the golfers that were out there last week. Uh, other takeaways from the uh, from the tournament for you there outside of all the – like Patrick Reed went 68-79. just a <laughs> – Saw a lot of that, a lot of big blow up rounds there on that course. Yeah, Spenson was one of them. He was one of the guys I was on. Uh, started off great and it blew up on Friday. But yeah, the course was tough and uh, the weather didn't help. Uh, I think Lahiri ended up having a quote saying, you know, Saturday's round was like a 12 round boxing match. Um, so now you got a lot of grief for that quote. But um, yeah, I mean, it was tough out there. The course definitely plays tough, even when it's been good weather here in the past. Uh, it's been a tough test. So I like the course. Hopefully we see it a little bit more often. Um, I think this week's going to be a little bit different in terms of the scoring. But, yeah, uh, it's good seeing Homa. I mean, he's now won three times in his last 30 starts. Pretty incredible. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, I continue to bet him. He continues to fall just short. But uh, another good outing from him. And then uh, Lonzo Griffin and Brian Harmon, two guys that I like to play a lot, both finishing in the top ten. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun leaderboard. Uh, I didn't get to watch a bunch of it. But, uh, yeah, I think it was a, it's a good event, good course. Uh, Griffin has made a habit the last couple of weeks of a strong round on Sunday to, to climb himself up the leaderboard. And uh, you mentioned him on last week's show. So uh, Adam Shank back with another top 10 as well. I think like his last seven or eight starts, it's like five missed cuts and three top tens or something like that. So uh, he used to be the guy that was the steady cut maker uh, finished, you know, T 50. We would joke about it on the show, but uh, now lately it's been top tens or bust for, for Adam Shank, which uh, has completely flipped the script flipped the script from what we're used to with him but uh it's weird how those sequences work sometimes so if you want to chat along with us during the show uh, you can uh, j hop on over to the roto grinders free discord server as long as you've got a roto grinders account doesn't have to be a premium one uh, you can uh, get in at rotogrinders.com backslash discord and join in the chat uh, in the live stream chat channel uh, to chat along with us during the show so Anything else from last week before we uh, pivot over to a new one? No, I think we're ready to get going. 
All right, so let's talk about the AT&T Byron Nelson. This is a tournament that has switched courses multiple times. There was the one year that they hosted it at the place that everybody was shooting like 30 under for the week. Now I can't, I can't even remember the name of that course. They only got to host it once. Uh, and everybody, basically it was just uh, birdies yeah. abound. So they've tried different courses and uh, have settled at least for the next four years on TPC Craig ranch, which hosted it for the first time a year ago. So uh, what can you tell the people about this course? Are you thinking of uh, Trinity forest? Trinity forest. Yes. What? Thank you. One tree on the property. That was, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that, that was, was a joke. I didn't know I liked that course. So uh, glad to see it at TPC Craig Ranch, although um, it is going to be a birdie fest. Last year, the first time they played it, six players were 20 under or better. It ended up being the fifth easiest course on tour, and there were 20 mile per hour wins uh, both Saturday and Sunday. So uh, I would expect the winning score to be 25 to 30 under par, um, maybe similar to what we saw at the Tournament of Champions, which isn't that great, especially, you know, with the field being stronger this time around than we saw last year with a lot of guys kind of getting ready for the PGA Championship. But the course, par 72, uh, 7,500 yards about, uh, four par fives, all of them are pretty reachable by the field, so you're going to see a lot of birdies there. You're going to see a lot of approach shots from 200-plus yards. Um, last year, 35% of the approach shots were hit from 200-plus yards. You usually see that in around the 18 to 20% range, so... Maybe that's just a small sample. Well, does that include par fives where guys like, does that include all par fives or just par fives where they're going for the green into? Do you know how that works with par five? I believe five? they have to be going for it, but I'm, I'm not sure. I think I that's right too, but I, I, and a lot of guys do on this course because yeah. the, the par fives from a distance perspective in today's day and age are pretty manageable. You know, it's not like they're 650. So uh, you are going to see a lot more guys go forward in two on some of these par fives, which probably contributes to that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a high to higher number than I've ever seen. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but I mean, the fairway is very easy to hit. Um, they're pretty wide. The green's very easy to hit scrambling success rate, extremely easy. Uh, three putt percentage was very low here. So pretty much everything's easier than tour average. Um, I'm not really looking at anything in particular. I think you got to be good with your irons. I think you have to make a lot of putts. Typically, the easier the course, the more, you know, variance comes into play because everyone's going to be hitting greens and then it kind of turns into a putting contest. So, uh, yeah, I don't have any strong takes. Do you? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think just targeting birdie makers and bombers. I, I Bryson had some quotes last year about this kind of being a track that caters to bombers. So, yeah, I think you can play the distance angle a little bit this week and then just guys that can score and you know, get hot. If it turns into a putting contest or a birdie fest, a lot of times you see some unpredictability, um, which, you know, KH Lee won here last year. So, uh, yeah, I think you can maybe look to differentiate your, your GPP lineups a little bit this week as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind that. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, start breaking it down here. We've got our usual, uh, you know, four or five golfers above 10K on DraftKings, though the pricing does seem somewhat loose at the top this week. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I guess tier one is Scotty Scheffler at this stage because he's turned into prime Tiger Woods. Wins every week, it seems like. I think like four of his last five events, something crazy like that. But uh, all right, we've doubted him kind of throughout this stretch. Uh, what are we doing with Scheffler? He's in, he's in his own tier. I mean, I've missed out on three wins i can't hop on now i mean I, the most expensive guy he is i mean i was looking at data golf today 
He's number one in their rankings uh, in 2022 uh, since the start of last July and since the start of 2021 in this field. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he deserves to be the top guy. Um, I'll probably have a little bit in MME because I'm done fading him completely. Uh, I don't like having my you know week being over by Saturday night. So <laughs> I'll have a little bit of him, uh, especially because I don't really love DJ or Speed that much. Um, but I do like JT a little bit more in terms of, you know, deciding between the two guys at the top. JT's irons, you know, very good. Just comes down to the putter. And uh, he's been a little bit better this year than he has been in the past. So don't think you can go wrong up there. I don't think you need to prioritize somebody up here if you're doing single entry, because I do think the 9K range is pretty strong. But yeah, I like Scheffler and Thomas a lot more than DJ and Speed. Yeah, we're kind of in agreement there. Um, Thomas would be my favorite as well. Uh, Spieth, uh, Spieth played well here last year, but his quotes were a little strange. And, you know, he mentioned that the kick course doesn't necessarily cater to his strengths. And it's a fairly open course that, you know, again, if you consider the bomber angle, then, uh, yeah, it doesn't maybe fit Spieth as much as some other guys. But uh, he did play well here last year. So, uh, as usual, doesn't take much convincing to to keep me away from him. Uh, so I'm I'm lower on speed this week as well. So probably Thomas for sure at the top. <clears throat> and then uh, I'll start quite a few lineups in the 9K range. But uh, really interesting to see what people do with Scheffler. Uh, somebody tweeted at us about uh, half an hour before the show and said, I uh, hope you guys are going to be all about Scotty on the live stream because Scotty is greater than the entire 10K range. Can't fault anyone for saying that at this point uh, because he certainly keeps proving it uh, yeah. every time every time he tees it up. So, uh, you know, some people, if you've just been riding Scheffler all in every week, then uh, you can count your dollar bills and laugh at how, all of us. How did he and Palmer do at the uh, team event? Did Palmer drag him down? <laughs> I got to find it now. I didn't. 20... For some reason, I'm blanking on how they finished this. That was the week that Cantlay and Xander ended up kind of coasting. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling up the leaderboard here. So Palmer, they finished T18 at 18 under par. So, yeah, Palmer dragged them down. Certainly, if yeah. it was just – if it was Scheffler and, and Scheffler, then they would have won, obviously. So. I was going to say, Palmer's good for T36 and Scheffler wins, so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's right. Split the difference. Yeah, they finished T18 at, uh, at 1800 par. So, all right, uh, let's go ahead and move into the 9K range then. Uh, seems interesting to see Xander buried a little bit in the pricing. Uh, curious to see what that's going to end up doing to his ownership, but he's sixth in uh, salary. Uh, Will Zalatoris is a guy who is a local native. You'll hear that narrative a lot this week. He grew up playing the course a lot. So um, Xander and, and Zalatoris will if I had to guess, be the most popular uh, of these plays in the 9K range. Uh, and it's also interesting that we've got this strong of a field the week before a major. Does that surprise you or not? I think just so many of the events leading up to this week have been so bad that golfers haven't wanted to play them. Like nobody wanted to go to Mexico. Uh, and then last week you're deciding between, you know, that course and this course. And this one's actually pretty close to Southern Hills. Uh, so I think the proximity. Yeah, certainly that's helps. a fair point as um, and I think everybody just wants to get one, you know, event warming up before the major. So uh, they probably just picked this one. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. So, it, you know, the field is a little deeper than uh, than what I had originally expected. So we've got some quality here in the 9K range. Mr. Major Brooks kept getting it up this week. You've got Neiman, you've got Fleetwood, 
at the bottom end of this range. So kind of some more household names, particularly that compared to what we've seen like the last month, maybe that's why it looks so much better just because the last few have been so poor. So your thoughts on the, uh, the nine K range. Yeah. I like Xander quite a bit. Just seems like a guy with a really high floor, really high ceiling. I know uh, we can't give him too much credit for the win in the team event, but uh, he had to have at least played fairly well um, going up with Cantlay. And he's a guy that does have a big weakness. Um, I like Sam Burns a lot as well. Second here last year, guy that tends to play easy courses um, very well, makes a ton of birdies. Um, he doesn't have any weaknesses either in his game. Uh, I like Neiman. He's uh, turned his biggest weakness around the green into a strength. Um, if you look at 2022, he's seventh in this field, strokes gained around the green. Um, and then since the start of 2021, he's 66. So um, he's gotten a lot better around the green. Not that you're going to need that this week necessarily, but um, everything else kind of checks out too. So I like those three. Certainly no issue with Zala Torres, but he's a guy that says he loves hard golf courses. And we've seen it time and time again. Uh, I just ran some numbers on, you know, easy courses. And uh, out of 100, he got a score of 83. And uh, everyone else around him is, you know, in the mid to high 90s. So um, I, I don't mind him, but I do think he's a better play next week than this week. Yeah, it is interesting when you weigh, you know, how much he's played the course. I think T17 here last year. Um, I, I'm a fan is it, it does worry me slightly with the easy course and the fact that sometimes he'll, he'll miss his share of five footers, but, uh, um, I, I got to play some of them this week, particularly since I think he's just maybe slightly underpriced. Like, I don't know. Hideki feels a little overpriced at 9,900. I don't think a lot of people will play Brooks with, you know, the week before a major Fleetwood at nine K that feels a little steep as well. So, um, the other guys, I think I can get behind. It will be interesting to see how ownership splits among Burns, Zalatoris, Neiman, and Xander. They're kind of four guys right in a row that all will probably carry their fair share of ownership. Maybe that spreads them out a little bit. Hard to say. I mean, do you think do you think Xander is the chalk of this range? Yeah, I think Xander will be popular. I don't know. Burns is always popular. Zalatoris is always popular. Neiman's been gaining a lot of steam. So uh, we could see some spread out ownership, but... To your point, I think you'll see a lot of people start lineups with two guys yeah, here. I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and to your point, Hideki, hard to trust him. I mean, he's only, you know, played one full tournament in uh, the last couple months. Brooks uh, just seems overpriced. Uh, and then, you know, Tommy, he's been playing well, but a lot of it's been the short game. He's had weeks where he's gained like eight strokes putting and finished T25. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think those four, um, Xander, Burns, Zalatoris, and Neiman are, are really strong plays. Yeah, start out with a couple of those guys if you're, you know, if you're not starting with Scheffler or JT at the top, and uh, you can make a, a pretty good balanced looking lineup starting with a, a couple of golfers in the the nine K range. So, any other thoughts on the nine Ks before we move along? Otherwise, you can uh, start digging into the next range. Are you playing any Tommy? Are you buying into the form? I don't know at nine K. I don't know. I don't know if I want to play him on a course that could get to twenty five under either. Yeah, that might be just more of a bias thing than anything. I mean, it feels like he generally has played well on the harder courses, too. But I don't know that that might be just selective memory. So in those uh, easy course ratings out of 100, Brooks is 48. So he definitely likes the harder courses. Fleetwood, 89, um, a little bit better than South Taurus. Oh, that's not that's that's Yeah, that's higher than I would have expected. Like I say, selective memory. Yeah. Or you just think about him, you know, he doesn't play a ton of events over here, comparatively speaking. So you just don't remember the one he does well on the easy courses because he doesn't play a ton of them. So 
All right, let's move into the 8Ks. Who are you liking at the top end of that range? All right. Um, so Adam Scott, I feel like I'm just going to save him for next week. He's another one of those guys that I, I think is a good ball striker, so kind of benefits from the difficult courses. Although he's turned into a very good putter. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable, but uh, he's been a top 15 putter over the last year, which is kind of crazy. I like Taylor Gooch. I like Jonathan Vegas. You know, uh, I got I lowered my exposure, you know, last week on Vegas after you know, worrying about the, the arm surgery. And I'm glad I did just because, you know, I've been burned so many times. I also lowered my exposure to Paul Casey. So um, I'm glad uh, we did that Twitter spaces. Yeah, that, uh, the news uh, started to, yeah. to fly on that on Wednesday when he withdrew from the Pro-Am. So I'm not sure why he keeps his name in the fields this you know, for these tournaments, but uh, buyer beware next week with a major with Casey, that'll be the first X for me. So I'm not even because <laughs> he's going to yeah. be like 7,500 next week or something. Yeah. And the model's going to have him like number two in the, in the <laughs> ratings, but uh, yeah. So Vegas, he gained 10 strokes on approach uh, last week, which is pretty wild. We know he's a good off the tee. He's a bomber. Um, and his biggest weakness is around the green. And I don't think that's going to be a big issue this week. So love Vegas. I uh, like Gooch. And then don't really love anyone else. I mean, Kokrak maybe an MME play. We know the upside's there, but he's just been uh, – the ball striking's definitely been trending in the wrong direction. Jason Day, just too too expensive for me. I worry about Aaron Wise's putting. So, yeah, give me uh, Vegas and Gooch in this range. Yeah, Vegas, I, I like them a lot. I mean, you look at the numbers, they're all pretty strong. And uh, you mentioned it around the green has been the struggle, and that's probably not going to be – an issue. Um, Gooch's numbers are, are really strange. Like I, from now I've got 50 rounds up here. Last 50 rounds, he's 110th in off the tee, but still 13th in tee to green. So he's been making up for it everywhere else. Uh, but there's not a lot of trouble on this course, you know, out to, there's some water, uh, but it's fairly open. So, you know, you can maybe spray it a little bit off the tee as long as you're at least keeping it in play and, and get away with it. Um, hitting from the rough doesn't seem to be that penalizing um, as long as you're, you're not, you know, OB or in the water. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that again, make a nice balanced lineup here. I'm, I'm off of day after that collapse last week, who knows, you know, if uh, back started acting up or something, but I think Vegas um, and, and Adam Scott are, are decent plays. And then you get down to the bottom part of this range. Last 50 rounds, 11th in this field in total strokes gained, 4th in tee to green, 7th in ball striking, 12th in off the tee, 17th in approach, and 11th in uh, DK scoring. So that is Aaron Wise, uh, who's always a kind of boom or bust score type, perfect for the setup for this course. And the last few weeks, when he's been in good spots, he's been really popular. So I would imagine Wise at 8,100 will get plenty of steam this week and it's hard to argue against it uh, as long as you know his game stays as you know strong as where he's at been over the last four months or so so wise at the lower end of the 8k range really i think it's a fairly weak range i mean you mentioned coke rack day after the collapse last week uh cam champs approach numbers are still awful you know hadwin maybe he gets a little steam but doesn't feel like the absolute best course for him so I guess Aaron Wise is probably the choice, the default for a lot of people at the lower end of the 8K range. And that's interesting. Like if you're doing a single lineup build or you're playing cash games, like Aaron Wise has never been a guy that we've considered a cash game 
lock. Like, is Aaron Wise a cash game play this week? Uh, not for me. I don't think I'll have any of Wise. I just ooh, don't. I, not a fan. So, just looking at his upside, he's finished in the top five percent of fields one time in his last thirty-one events. So, I don't know if the upside's there. The cut rate's fine. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, the ball striking's awesome, no doubt about it. But I worry about him putting on a course where, you know, you're going to have to make a lot of putts. So, um, to be fair, I get him wrong every time. So, I just stopped playing him. So, that's that's part of the reason. I do like Hadwin. Um, he's streaky with the iron, streaky with the putter. Uh, he's gained at least 3.3 strokes on approach and four straight, three top tens during that stretch. So, I'll play Hadwin over Wise, especially if uh, his ownership's a little bit lower. Are you and playing? And that could, that could be – it could be just a little bit of bias on my end. I, I mean, Wise does seem to to pop um, as a, a – we got ownership now, actually. Mid-show ownership update, uh, the very first one. So, uh, all right, well, we're around it. Uh, right now we've got Wise at 19 and Hadwin at 22 and the two most popular plays of the entire 8K range. So, smart. We're smart. Smart. And uh, let's see, the, those four guys that we mentioned at the 9K range right now, Shoffley, 17, Burns, 26, Zalatoris, 22, Neiman, 17. So, uh, and again, these are very early, first rough draft. Thanks to Trey for, for getting that out swiftly and, uh, and posted for us to at least have something to navigate here on uh, Monday evening. So anything else on the 8Ks for you? Uh, I think that's it for me. Uh, what about Cam Champ? I never did him right either. Yeah, no thanks. The, the approach numbers are still really bad, and I, I it's just no. At eight K, he's a, just overpriced, and I suppose you can just bomb and gouge his course, but I'm out. I'm out too. But uh, yeah, played well. What was it last time? I think it was Mexico. I didn't play him then either. I haven't played him in forever. So let's see. <laughs> Our projections don't like him either. Um, play game at the players and play uh, champ at the Masters. That's, there you go. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and move on to the uh, 7K range then. I, I think this is the spot where you can start to differentiate those GPP lineups a little bit. And uh, you don't have a whole lot of chalk in here. looks like we've got McNeely at some pretty high ownership. But I like some potential lower-owned Gems in this range, I'll uh, let you start. Where are you looking at the 7.6 to 7.9K? So even at high ownership, I do think McNeely is a, a really good play. I mean, the ball strike numbers have been great this year. He's actually a very good putter if you look at his numbers. I mean, he's top, you know, 40 in this field in uh, Bankrass and over the last uh, 12 months, over the last six months. His big biggest weakness, similar to Vegas, is around the green, and I'm not worried about that this week. So – um, just a consistent guy that's shown some upside. I do like McNeely. Um, I think Alex Noren's interesting. He's made a ton of cuts in a row. Uh, the irons have really come alive this year, and we know the putter's good. So I think if you have either a bomber or a putter combo or irons and putter, I think that's a good way to attack this week. Um, you can certainly get it done ball striking too, but um, you're going to have to make a ton of birdies one way or the other. So I like Alex Noren. And then uh, going right back to Lonto Griffin, um, no reason not to. Uh, I think he gained over 10 strokes uh, ball striking last week, and we know uh, he's a very good putter as well, just struggles around the green. So just another guy that uh, I think is a really good fit for this course. There's a guy that you can't say you get wrong. You've gotten him right two in a row. So uh, he's your new he's <laughs> your new boy, your boy, Lanto Griffin. You've adopted him. 
my new Harmon. <laughs> He's your new Harmon. The new uh, Griffin is the new Harmon. That's uh, that, that'll be it. So, all right. Um, and, and Chris Jamino has been working behind the scenes, uh, putting together a, a revised, you know, updated golf model for us. It's separate from Noto's model. Um, and our so if you look at just our general fantasy point projections in our tools, if you've got a Roto Grinders premium subscription, which we encourage you to give us a try at rotogrinders.com if you wonder what we're talking about our lineup hq tools offer you know projections projected ownership uh noto's data numbers top five top 10 probabilities etc and then you can you know build lineups in there if you've never used it before uh, but our our general projections chris Jamino is working to to kind of uh, update our models there and, and put that together uh, and he mentioned in the projections channel that we have to discuss uh, these that uh the model, for some reason, always likes Mito Pereira, and he's trying to figure out what to do with that information. So you, if you sort by like points per dollar projections, uh, he pops quite a bit. It looks like he's looks okay in your model numbers as well. So what do we do with him at 7,600? looks like he's projecting for fairly low ownership. So uh, interesting dynamic with Mito. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised so many people have hopped off him this year. Um, he was like the popular guy for, you know, six months straight when the ball striking was great. And then at the start of the year, it was his putter that was carrying him. And then now all of a sudden the ball striking is back. So love Mito, especially on these easier courses. I mean, he won, what was it, three times on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, and those are all pretty much easy courses. So anytime you get him um, in birdie fest, I, I love Mito, even though, Actually, the short game's not as bad as you might expect. Um, he's about, you know, middle of the pack in both around the green and putting um, in this field. So, yeah, love Mito. What about you? Yeah, I think I might be sold on a little bit if your model likes him okay and Chris's model likes him okay. And right now we've got him at 3% ownership. Maybe that'll come up a little bit, but I uh, certainly don't hate him compared to, you know, Straka or Munoz or Kucher or some of those other guys in there. So, yeah, I didn't really have a strong lean coming in, but uh, I think I'm on board, especially in multi-entry GPP builds where, again, I think getting different makes a little sense this week. And perhaps his ownership comes up. Maybe we've got some uh, convincing power and, and he, you know, he gets a little more owned in the RG kind of bubble. But uh, don't mind that at 7,600. Again, if you just think this can be a bomb and gouge type of thing, somebody like Bubba Watson or Keith Mitchell could play. KH Lee's the defending champ. So, uh, again, still guys here in the 75, 7,600 range that uh, that have some upside. So who are a couple others that you like in that uh, kind of middle part of the 7Ks? Yeah, uh, I'll probably go back to Brian Harmon. Um, he's gained off the tee in seven straight events now. It's not a, necessarily a Brian Harmon course in that it's uh, pretty long, but uh, the irons have come around. The short game's good. Um, he tends to play well in these uh, kind of weaker field events. So given the fact that he's just playing better, I like him. Uh, at moving up to the top, I like Seamus Power as well. Um, he rates out pretty well for me, a guy that makes a lot of birdies. T9 here last year. And then what's the ownership for Keith Mitchell? Because it feels like he just checks all the boxes this week. Ten. Only 10%, then I'm uh, definitely going to be, you know, double or triple the field. A guy that's just been in great form. He's a bomber. He's a good putter. T26 here last year. Uh, I don't see any reason not to play your boy, Keith Mitchell. Can uh, always uh, get behind that a little bit. Uh, Trey also shared with us 
uh, Golf Channel article. I had forgotten about this. I remembered at the time, but uh, the Mito had a back injury that forced him out along with Neiman at the team event a few weeks back. So, and we haven't seen him tee it up since then. So uh, maybe that, uh, that interest level is going to take a quick nosedive. Um, maybe we'll have to see if we can. Never been burned by a back injury before. <laughs> no, it just only, it's only been a week or two. Um, so for what it's worth, I had forgotten about that. So maybe that's part of the reason for the lack of ownership there. And uh, maybe we'll we'll see if uh, we can maybe manually back down that projection a little bit. Just so, so right now he's going to pop in every optimal that you build. So I will pass that along to the uh, projections team and see if we can maybe suggest a manual edit there. All right. Um, for better or worse, I don't mind taking some GPP shots on Ryan Palmer in Texas. I know his numbers aren't great, but it's like. The putter has been horrendous. It's been like Kyle Stanley level bad with the putter for uh, for Ryan Palmer. And he's usually not that bad with the putter. Maybe not great, but not. I mean, the last 50 rounds, he's 140th in this field in putting. Um, you know, the tee to green and ball striking numbers are still decent, and he does tend to play better in Texas. So, again, GPP dart. Don't mind Ryan Palmer. We've got him at 4%. Luke List, if you want to play the bomber angle at 5%. Like, these are some guys. Tom Hoagie's had a pretty good year. I absolutely don't mind sprinkling into your tournament lineups as we get to the bottom part of the 7K range. And you can go with two or three guys in here. Uh, Tigala's had a pretty good year. We've got some steam maybe building on Wolf after that good start last week. I don't know if I'm going to chase that, especially if he's one of the more popular plays, but... Uh, point stands that that you can play a golfer or two down here to to round out your lineups and feel okay about it. So, Palmer, List, maybe Tagala or a few of mine. Who are you looking at in the bottom part of the seven Ks? Yeah, I like Tagala. Um, I don't think I've played him ever. Maybe so. Uh, I, I'm on board this week. The easy course, the uh, long course. I think that makes a lot of sense. I like Patton Kazire. Rates out as the best point per dollar play in my model. Um, he's like top 20 in this field and birdie or better rate. Top 35 in four of his last five events. And then uh, he was third here last year. So uh, love Kazire. Anytime it's a course that doesn't require accuracy off the tee, uh, he makes a lot of sense. Moving up a little bit. I'll go back to Charles Howe the third. Coming off of uh, a pretty good outing. He just lost uh, six strokes putting. Um, I think that was in Mexico. So uh, the putter's been bad, but the ball striking's really been turning around for him. And then that's pretty much it. Um, I typically play a lot of Patrick Rogers on long courses. He's got the bomber putter angle going for him. So I'll play a little bit of Patrick Rogers. And then I, I missed him up a little bit, but uh, Sebastian Munoz, he's been playing great. Um, he just he keeps finishing T21 to T39. I think it's seven events in a row. Um, and it's been great tee to green. So if he can, uh, you know, put that together with the good putting week, I think uh, he's a good play as well. Sorry, I muted myself. He's carving out that uh, Charles Howell type of career, you know, <laughs> the 21 to 39 every week. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. So, um, again, there, there's interesting upside names like Kazire was another one you mentioned that I, I hadn't mentioned. We've seen Carlos Ortiz pop at times. I mean, Patrick Rogers is down here, hasn't done much lately. And certainly you're not going to play all these guys, but uh, you can potentially get some upside out of them. So, and if you're playing the bomber angle, like 
take one guy at 6,800, 6,900, or somebody that's only one or 2% owned. Um, and, and it could be the slate breaker. I mean, Wyndham Clark is a guy that I like playing on courses like this. So I'll play some of him at 6,900, but uh, just such a deeper field compared to what we've seen a lot of, of recent weeks. So uh, anything else on the seven Ks? Otherwise you can start going down if you've got any punts in that six uh, K range. Nothing else on the seven Ks uh, moving down. I do like the Wyndham Clark, uh, another guy, bomber putter. I like that combo this week. After that, uh, the model always likes Pat Perez. I mean, I know we talked him up the last time he teed it up. I think he finished like T50 something. So I worry about his upside, but he's only 6,700. Uh, Smotherman's a guy that's been, you know, getting some steam recently. Terrible around the greens, terrible putter, but the ball striking number has been awesome. Um, in 2022, he's number one in this field in proximity from 200 plus. So I don't mind looking at Smotherman um, if you want to chase the ball striking. I'll go back to Svensson just because the irons are good. And then that's pretty much it for me, at least in my first dive of things. I forgot to mention when we did went through the 7Ks, uh, we faded him for the longest time during his hot stretch, and then he kind of cooled off. And now everyone's, everyone's abandoned ship on Seamus Power. So this is the spot, I think, for me. Yep. I'm going to... I'm going to buy back in. We finally, we're back down to a reasonable price on Seamus Power. He's 7,900. He's not going to get a lot of ownership because he's sandwiched there between Wise and Hadwin and McNeely. Uh, just kind of perfect in that range where nobody's playing him. So give me Seamus Power at 7,900 as a really interesting tournament option this week. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot else in the uh, 6Ks either. I mean, plenty of options there at the, the bottom part of the, the 7K range that I think you don't really need to dip into the sixes too much. Um, Smotherman popped to me a little bit earlier. I mentioned Adam Shank has gone from the steady cut maker to the now he's either going to miss the cut or finish top 10, uh, which does give him some upside. So I don't mind maybe looking his way in some GPP builds as well. All right. Anybody else? And I need to take a peek through the discord chat make sure we didn't uh, get any questions in there i forgot to pull that open so stall for just a second how do you think the uh the pga is going to play next week there at southern hills uh i honestly haven't done you know much of a deep dive uh i have a hard time looking too forward to things um but yeah i mean i'm obviously excited for it uh tiger's got all the secret secret tips so he's gonna win uh, Justine is not happy. Justine Reed is not happy about that. She should worry more about her husband going 68, 79 than Tiger getting tips at Southern Hills. Um, I was peeking at it. So Southern Hills has hosted seven majors, three times the U.S. Open, four PGA championships, most recently in 2007, won by Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. And uh, 20, 2009 U.S. Amateur won by Benny Ott. So good for Benny. Ooh. All right. Did he get um, an exemption? I heard talk of that. Yeah, I have not looked. We'll have to see. If he, does, if he did, get ready to hear that narrative 100 <laughs> times next week. You won the U.S. Amateur here in, uh, in 2009. Uh, and I got sidetracked by Southern Hills that uh, I was open to Discord. Yep, see, sidetracked just like that. All right. Uh, YouTube question, uh, which ironically I answered uh, without knowing. Played Seamus Power last weekend. Thoughts on going back to him after the missed cut? Absolutely. Just mentioned that. 
and uh, and had not seen that question yet. So we are on the same page. Gregorius the Wise wants to know about Gim. I think we're breaking up. We're dating other people. We're, we're seeing what else is out there, and maybe we'll get back together at some point. But uh, the, the Gim ship has uh, sailed. He missed the cut by one or two again. Uh, I, the putter is too inconsistent for Gim, I think, to, to hang on a course that's going to offer a ton of birdies. So all kidding aside, no, no Gim for me this week. Is he it, in the field? Yeah, I think I think. Oh, well, maybe not. Well, I, I wasn't playing know. him anyway. I guess he's not. I thought I saw his name, but I must be mistaken. Maybe I dreamed it. Just dream about him. Maybe yeah, we 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 had our breakup fight, and then I dream- he's not <laughs> in the field. I just completely thought he was, but uh, I wasn't playing him anyway. So now I'm definitely definitely not. No chance. He's, he's not get going, or else he's not going to get into the players next year. Oh no, we can't have that. He'll get it going. He'll uh, he'll he'll hit up the. Uh, some of the easier events we'll we'll get there. All right. Uh, anything else for you? I think I don't think we have any other questions. I think we're good. Best of luck, everybody. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we'll be at, we'll be back next week to talk to PGA, and then we're going to bring back the Twitter Spaces on Wednesday night next week for the uh, PGA Championship. So we'll catch you then, everybody. See you next Monday. Good luck with all your lineups this week for the AT&T Byron Nelson. Thanks to Steve for producing for us behind the scenes. Thanks to Noto. For joining me, I'm Justin, and uh, have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you later.